return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. About growing in grace. And so we're going to start with Romans 5, verse 20. And uh, in the New King James, the Bible says that moreover the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as in sin, so so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I always look at the scripture and I always think of it and that this is where it's what it's meaning, but that that through Jesus Grace abounded much more than the sin that abounded in our life. And as I was studying this out, um, the Lord was just telling me how the scripture can apply to me as a giver of grace. Amen? So we're supposed to give grace that we get. And so we can give grace to everyone and especially to unbelievers, right? Where sin abounds, grace is much more abound. And so if we're in uh, a situation where we're around somebody who maybe has a different lifestyle, a lifestyle that wouldn't, would, wouldn't line up with the, with the scriptures, um, we can still give grace in those things. And the grace that we give should abound more than the sin that we're faced with. And we can show grace. Um, there's a difference between showing grace that compromises with sin and showing grace despite the sin. Amen? So, uh, there can be a, there's a line, right, sometimes where you might feel like you're giving grace, but really uh, you're enabling sin with somebody. Maybe it's a, a loved one, a, a parent or a, a sibling, uh, uh, a child that, that you feel like, well, I'm giving grace, but really what we're doing is we're compromising with the sin. But there's a grace that we give, and that really isn't grace at all, right? Because the grace of God, when we, when we, Give the grace to God, it should point people towards Him, amen? It should point people towards living a righteous life, amen? And, and we can only do that by Jesus Christ, with the righteousness of God in Jesus. So, an example would be if someone's living an immoral lifestyle, showing grace isn't saying that you agree with that lifestyle. Isn't saying that, um, well, um, I don't believe that way, but if that's how you believe, that's how you believe. That's not showing grace and it's not showing love, Right? Showing grace is, is being able to say that I understand what you're in right now, but I'm going to love you anyways, okay? A lot of times I've, I've found out just with, with people that I know and, and people in my own family, um, you know, an extended family and different things, that they know what my stance is on a certain issue or a certain topic. They know what my, what my stance is on... Um, on you know, a LGBTQ lifestyle, say. I'm just going to use that as an example. I don't have to tell them what my stance is all the time on that issue, do I? If they know what my stance is and they see my actions and they see I'm going to love, that they, they're feeling love and grace from me despite the differences of 
what I would say that this is what the Bible says on that and what you're going through, the lifestyle that you're living, but they see that I love them and that I'm, that I'm, I'm not treating them differently as far as a person or as far as, as far as part of my family, then what am I doing? I'm showing the grace that God showed me. Amen. Because the Bible says we've all sinned, we've all fallen short, and, and God's shown each one of us grace, tremendous uh, grace in our life. And he, he's not the kind of God that says, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. Um, what, what are you thinking? You think of the, the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. And, and those that were going to stone her because she was caught in the act of adultery, and Jesus said, first of all, he said, those who don't have a sin among you cast the first stone, right? But then he said, what did he say? He said, nobody condemns you, neither do I go and sin no more. So he didn't condemn the woman. He showed her grace, amen? We don't have to tell the faults of the person that we're with. Could be a believer, could be an unbeliever. But we continue to show grace because that's what Jesus did for us. Sometimes I feel like we believe that we can turn someone's hearts towards the Lord just by our own doing. Um, but in reality, it's the Holy Spirit that has to turn the heart of somebody towards Him. Amen. Amen. So we're called to love and to show this grace. <clears throat> and as we do that, through our actions, the Holy Spirit uses that to turn them towards Him. The goodness of God leads to repentance. And so He uses us to demonstrate His love but really, they need to get revelation by the Holy Spirit of how good He is and in the direction He wants them to go. Amen. <clears throat> I can, you know, my my job isn't to change them or to turn them, but my my job is to show them the light so they can follow after the light. Amen. So in Romans two four, I just said it. <clears throat> in the New King James, it says. Or do you despise the riches of His goodness, forbearance, and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. Amen. And, and um, so let's go to the New, New Living Translation as well. Don't you see how wonderfully kind and tolerant and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that His kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? And so I like that first part. Don't you see how wonderfully kind? It's like, don't you see it? Don't you see how good God is in your life? Don't you see all the blessings that he can bless you with? Don't you see his creation all around you? How wonderfully kind, how, how, um, how uh, long-suffering he's been towards you? I can say that about myself. Randon, can't you see how long-suffering God's been towards you in some of the issues you've struggled with in the past? And how patient God is, is with me when I make the, maybe the same mistake over and over and over again and he continues to forgive and to tell me that he loves me? So does this mean nothing to you? Basically, why... If I'm, if I'm going to live in a, a certain way, why do I continue to do it knowing that God's been so kind and so gracious? Paul says in, in one of his letters in, in, Roman, or in Romans, he says, um, do I continue to sin that grace might abound? He says, certainly not. Right? We don't want to continue to go down that path. <clears throat> Amen. But then it says, can't you say that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? When we show kindness to people, the, the intention is that they're going to turn from that sin and go the other way. Amen. Let's read it. One more translation, the Passion Translation here. And it says, Do the riches of his extraordinary kindness make you take him for granted and despise him? 
Haven't you experienced how kind and understanding he's been to you? Don't mistake his tolerance for acceptance. So, when, again, when we're talking to people, we don't want people to mistake our tolerance or, or our grace for the acceptance of what they're going through, what they're doing. Um, do you realize that all the wealth of his extravagant kindness is meant to melt your heart and lead you into repentance? <clears throat> and this word kindness, as I was looking through in the, trans, in the Passion Translation, another word for kindness is actually sweetness. So his extravagant sweetness towards you. Amen. And it's meant to melt your heart. It's meant to, uh, to come to a place to say, um, Lord, I, you love me so much and I just want to love you so much. Because the Bible says that we love him because he first loved us. Amen. So even when we're dealing with people and we're, we're, uh, we're talking with people and have relationships, they should want to be around us more because we're showing love to them. Amen. They should want to be around Jesus more because we're showing the love of Jesus to them. Amen. So another word for kindness is actually sweetness. That last part as well in Aramaic, it translates, do you not know that this is the fulfillment of God to bring you blessings? Amen. Everybody wants a blessing. Amen. So being able to tell somebody, hey, God wants to bless you. It doesn't matter what you're, if you're an alcoholic, it doesn't matter what lifestyle you're in. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless you just as you are. Like Pastor Kevin used to say, he loves us just how we are, but he loves us enough not to keep us there. Amen? So he wants to bless us where we're at. He wants to bless your coworker where he or she is at. So as carriers of God's grace, we show this love of Jesus and the grace of God to people so they can experience salvation and the blessings that God has for them. Because that's why we love people. That's why we show kindness to people. Is because we want them to repent. We want them to turn towards Jesus. Amen. The Bible says God is long-suffering. He wishes that none perish, but all come to repentance. Amen. All come to the knowledge of the truth. And so, <clears throat> it doesn't mean that we turn a blind eye towards the sin. It doesn't mean that we indulge with somebody in their sin. If, if I'm, if I'm uh, friends with an alcoholic, doesn't mean I'm going to go and have a drink with them to try to get them into, uh, into the Word or get them into closer to Jesus. No, we, we have standards. Pastor Dave has an excellent message on standards, but we have standards, right? But we can still show love. We can still show grace. I mean, we don't have to make somebody feel like garbage because of what they're going through and what they're in, Right? So we don't turn a blind eye towards sin, but the grace that we show should trump their sin. They should realize that we're giving them more grace than their sin could even muster up. Because where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Amen? Where their sin abounds, they should realize that, that um, they have grace to be forgiven. That people they have grace to come back to Jesus, to get this salvation. So we're not judging people by sin, but understanding that God's will for them is to turn from the sin and not die in it. Luke 9.51. We're going to look at an example of what not to do um, with people that oppose your belief. Now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up that he steadfastly set his face to go towards Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him, but they did not receive him because his fate was, face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? 
But he turned and rebuked them and said, You do not know what manner of spirit you are of, because for the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. If we say things to people like, Well, they got what they, they deserve, that's what we're doing, isn't it? We're saying, Lord, um, you've given them what they've deserved. Right? But that's not how it works. Okay? Pastor Dave has said, and we've all, we've all um, seen this in the scripture, that we, we, we reap what we sow. Right, so there is a there is a law of sowing and reaping that happens, um, but from our perspective to somebody else, um, we don't have to concern ourselves with what they sow. We just gotta say, concern ourselves with what are we doing? Are we showing grace? Are we showing them love? Are we uh, are we walking uprightly in our own life so that they can imitate who we are? Because Paul says, imitate me. He's writing a letter. He says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Amen. So he's saying, follow me. Like, Follow my examples, because I imitate Christ. Amen? And for somebody who doesn't know Jesus, they can't just immediately follow Jesus and imitate him right away. They need to see what you're doing, how you're acting, right? Do they want to serve the God that you serve based on how you treat them? Amen? Because, honestly, people, really, the, the things that people want in life are love, and they want acceptance. Amen? They want love and they want acceptance. And when we show people love and we show grace and we say, you know, I know this is going on over here, but, um, but I, just, you know, I just want to say I love you or Jesus loves you. Um, then we're showing them that, wow, even as I am now, they're going, to accept, they're going to accept me. Right? Even what I'm doing, even though I'm an alcoholic, um, they're not turned away from that. They're going to they're continue to fellowship with me. Or they're going to continue to have a relationship with me. They're not just going to leave me alone um, to, to do what I'm doing. They're going to um, try to help me. They're going to uh, shower me with praise or whatever the case is. We can show this love and this compassion just as Jesus showed love and compassion. Amen. Remember, Jesus hung out with notorious sinners tax collectors, notorious sinners, and he wasn't ashamed to do it. I've, I've preached a message on this, but we, we don't want to be ashamed. And I know it, it ruins our, our Christian persona, right? Where we can, uh, you know, we're, we're walking down the street with somebody and we live in, we still live in a small enough town where you see somebody like, ooh, did you see who they were with? That shouldn't bother us. Amen? We should want to, be reaching those people. And I know it's easier said than done because all of us have probably, I would guess, more Christian friends than non-Christian friends. Right? Maybe in college, I know in college I probably had more non-Christian friends than Christian friends. But generally speaking, you, you like, it feels good. It's nice to hang around with people that, that sharpen you and, and that um, believe the same, you know, that, that know Jesus and that are believers. Um, but if you have opportunities to befriend somebody, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a family member, but to befriend somebody who wants to be a friend to you too, you know, who wants to, who doesn't mind hanging around you too, um, do that. You can hang out with people that don't believe how you believe. You can have conversations with people who don't believe how you believe. Amen. And so, how we act towards people, and so James and John. They were upset. You want us to command fire to come down from heaven and, and burn them all. And I love what Jesus said. He said, I didn't come to destroy men's lives. I didn't come to bring people down. I came to build people up. 
I came to save lives. Amen? Yeah, if we say things like they got what they deserved, we're no better than James and John. Because none of us deserved grace. Amen? None of us deserved it until we made Jesus our Lord and Savior. Right? Romans 3.21 says, But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnesses by the law and prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Notice what it says in verse 22. It says, um, there is no difference. There is no difference between me and somebody who, who is a sinner, who, who doesn't know Jesus, except for the fact that I accepted this free gift of salvation. Amen? Amen? But when it comes to who I am, and, and uh, who I am just as, as a part of Adam who broke the law, there's no difference. Amen? There's no difference between me and a Muslim, or me and a Hindu, except for the fact that I have accepted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, and they haven't. So when I look at it like that, it's hard for me to, to walk, like feel like I'm way up here and they're way down here. No, the only, the only difference is my eyes were opened. The only difference is I had opportunity. I chose to, uh, to take up the calling. But it says that we're, in, we're being justified freely by His grace. So, we can't justify ourselves by anything other than His grace. So I can't say that, you know, I'm a Christian, so I have all these good morals, and I can't justify myself by my morals, because there's people that don't know Him that have good morals too. There's people that, that don't know Jesus that aren't alcoholics. There's people that don't know Jesus that um, aren't into alternate lifestyles. Right? There's people who, know, who don't know Jesus that um, are very kind and very loving to people, and very compassionate to people. So I can't say that, well, I'm just really compassionate, you know, and, and that's what separates me from somebody who doesn't believe. No, because you can look at somebody else that would maybe be a lot like me, or, like, or a lot like you, but that doesn't know Jesus. What's the, what's the difference? The only difference is they don't know him. So we've been justified freely by His grace through the redemption that's in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness. Because in His forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So the difference between somebody who's lost and somebody who's a Christian it's just that we choose to put our faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? I don't know about you, but it brings me, it, it, it um, helps me put things in perspective. Helps me just put life and relationships and different things in perspective. Makes me, rather than me thinking that, wow, I'm, you know, because some, subconsciously, sometimes we do it, we think maybe I'm up here and somebody else is down here, right? Maybe, uh, it could be money, it could be status, whatever it is. Not that we're trying to, but uh, when I realize that, wait a minute, I'm, I'm nothing special just by myself. Just by myself, I'm just like anybody else in the world. But when I realize that, wow, it's actually Jesus 
Jesus is the one that makes me somebody who I am, somebody special and different, then I can sympathize. I can have compassion. I can, um, I can treat people like people instead of like a project. Amen. Nobody wants to be treated like a project. So we want to be able to treat people like people. We've all sinned. We're not justified by our good deeds as Christians, but by the grace given to us through the redemption or the salvation in Jesus Christ. Let's go to 2 Timothy 1, verse 9. <clears throat> it says, Who has saved us and called us with the holy calling, again, not according to our works, not because I've done this, this, and this, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So his purpose is, and his will is for all of us to, to, know G, to know him, to be saved, right? To have salvation. But it's according not to what I do, but to his own purpose for us and the grace that he gave us. Because if we don't have grace, then we don't have salvation, right? If he didn't decide to come down and give us grace, then there would, there'd be no way for us to live eternally with him. And so that's why, again, we want to we see people as people. Amen? We want to see them as, wow, Jesus really loves this person. He loves this person just as much as he loves me or he loves you. Amen? It doesn't matter if they're following him or not. Even when we, when we were enemies of God, even when we didn't know him, he still came down and died for us. Amen? And so there's still people out there that consider themselves the enemy of God. Well, he still died for them. Amen? So I want you to see that, you know, this is the only difference between a Christian and a sinner is the fact that we put our trust in Jesus. I can't say that I'm so much better than somebody else because I just made a choice. And we all made a choice here. Right? We all made a, that one choice, that, that the biggest choice we're ever going to make to put our faith in Jesus Christ. So it doesn't matter the sin or the lifestyle. It doesn't set us apart. Um, the sin or the lifestyle, that doesn't set us apart from the sinner. Okay? What we um, have accomplished or what we haven't accomplished doesn't set, us apart, doesn't set us apart from the sinner. Amen? Should I say it one more time? Do we got it? Because someone, like I said, could be lost, they could be morally good, they could love people, but they don't know Jesus, that, that is the deciding factor. Amen? All right. Let's go to John 1.16. And it says, For out of his fullness, the superabundance of his grace and truth, we have all received grace upon grace, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, favor upon favor, and gift heap, heaped upon gift. So if, any should, if anyone shall be able to extend grace to others, it should be Christians. Amen? Because this is what we've received. Out of his fullness. Not out of his lack, because he doesn't lack, but out of his fullness. And it says the superabundance of his grace and truth. It says that we've received grace upon grace. So when, when God gives us grace, he just gives us more grace. When God gives us spiritual blessing, he just gives us more spiritual blessing. He gives us favor upon favor, gift heaped up upon gift. Amen? And so out of that, and it says that we have that in us. We have this superabundant grace inside of us. And so we can give that to others. Amen? We can give that to other people because that's what we have. We can't give what we don't have. Amen? But what, what do we have? We have comfort. We have peace. We have grace. 
We have love inside of us. We have joy. So we can, those are things that we can give to other people. Amen. And we can show other people. It doesn't matter if we think they deserve it or not. You know, sometimes, you know, we, we're human. We get in moods, right? So you might be talking to somebody and they're in a mood. And you think, oh, they don't deserve this, this, and this. Right? Or, you know, it could be the other way where, you know, somebody screams past you at, you know, going 80 and a 60. And, uh, and it's like, well, they deserve to be punished for this. Well, I don't want anybody to get hurt. That would be the reason I want them to get caught, right? But we all deserved something other than what we got. Amen? We all deserved, we all deserved hell, and we, when we put our faith in Jesus, we get heaven. We should want to show grace no matter who somebody is. People were drawn to Jesus because of his compassion and his grace. Amen? That's why they were drawn to him, because he showed compassion. He had showed power with the compassion. Amen? Matthew 15, 21-28, it says, And Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out, saying, Have mercy on me, O, son, o Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And the disciples came and urged him, uh, saying, send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So Jesus had, he was on a mission. He had a mission on earth. He was anointed to do, to preach the gospel, right? He was, but he was anointed to preach the gospel. Um, his mission was to preach the gospel to Israel, to turn people from, in Israel, from what they were doing towards him, right? And, uh, and so he says this. He said, I wasn't sent to, uh, you from Canaan. I wasn't sent to Canaan. I wasn't sent to the Gentiles. But I was sent to, to save the lost house, sheep of the house of Israel. And, and then she says, she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. So Jesus had a, he had a mission, right? He was here for a purpose. And, uh, and I love what she says. Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. So you, you look at this interaction, and I can't even imagine that Jesus was saying anything harshly. Right? Because, you know, if, if, if you're being harsh, why would, she wanna, why would you want to deal with, you know, like, find, you could find somebody else, right? But I can't imagine he was being harsh with her. And Jesus answered and said in verse 28, he said, and Jesus answered and said, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desired. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. How many times have you been on a mission to get to the grocery store and get out of the grocery store? Or uh, to do something. And you just maybe didn't really want to talk to anybody. He's kind of like, I just want to get in and out. But then somebody stops you. And somebody you recognize. And they just want to talk. Amen. It's kind of what Jesus was doing. Jesus said, no, I'm focused here. But then he had compassion on this lady. He said, okay. Okay, I'm going to do what you want done for your daughter. Amen. So the mission of Jesus was to minister to Israel. But he's full of grace and mercy. Right? He's full of grace and mercy. And we're full of grace and mercy because of him. 
doesn't matter what our personality is, if we're a Christian, we can grow in grace that Jesus has given us in abundance. Amen. And so just throughout our life, you know, we start and we become a Christian. So say just in our spiritual life, we become a Christian. And just like that, we feel this grace that comes on us. Like, wow. Wow. You know, I, all I had to, was to do was to confess it and believe it. And now I'm going to live eternally with Jesus. You know, and this grace kind of comes on us like, wow, I didn't, this feels good, right? The grace feels good. But as we study the scriptures and as we grow in our faith and grow in the Lord, we start to um, understand what it means to give grace. Okay? So we've received it, but as we grow, we can say, oh, well, I can give grace here. I can, um, I can be a, a good steward of the grace that he's given me. Amen? And so again, where sin abounds, grace even abounds more. If there's a family member that is living in sin, the, the uh, feeling they should get from us is love and grace, right? Should have, it should trump. If they're, if they're proud of, of the lifestyle that they're in, our grace should be louder than that, that sin, right? That's what it means. The grace abounds more than sin. Our grace and the love that we give should be louder, should, should um, just, just block out the sin that's going on. Amen. Because Satan wants to be loud, doesn't he? Satan wants to holler and say, uh, look at me over here, look what I'm doing, and he wants division and he wants strife, right? But when our grace, when we treat somebody better than, than uh, they, really what it is, when we treat somebody better than what they feel they deserve to be treated, right? Then God can work miracles in lives. And I'm sure everybody's seen that in their family. Just, just people coming to the Lord because of grace, because they've had an encounter or an experience with the love of God. You know, even now, there's, there's, um, in Gaza, there's thousands of people seeing Jesus in dreams and visions and, and people coming to Him in the midst of all the strife. Well, it's, it's, it's the love of God. You know, if we see Jesus, you see love. I mean, you see grace. You see peace. You see joy. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 9, 8. This is my last scripture here. It says, And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing, come in abundance to you. So I like that. It said, you know, we read just in John 1, 16, that we've received grace upon grace, spiritual blessings upon spirit. So every spiritual blessing. And then in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, it says that we also, He's made all grace or every favor and earthly blessing. So he got it covered. Spiritual blessings, earthly blessings, everything. And it says he makes all grace come into abundance to you that you may be able to, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything. Being completely self-sufficient in him and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. Amen. So he makes this grace, this favor, these blessings come to us in abundance. And it says that we have this grace because under all circumstances, regardless of what your need is, we can have sufficiency. We can, what we have is enough. Remember Jesus said to Paul, um, my grace is sufficient for you. Amen. What does that mean? That means that in any circumstance, 
Um, no matter how hard we think it is, we've already gotten the grace to handle that situation. He's already given you the grace to, to get through college. He's already given you a great, the grace to, uh, to raise a family. He's already given you the grace to, um, to work your job, whatever it is. He's given you the grace to get through an illness, whatever it is, right? He's given us this grace. Says that have complete sufficiency in everything, being completely self-sufficient in Him. That's kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? Self-sufficient in Him, though, right? That means we don't need outside things. That's you know, so many times you see people that have a lot of money but don't have Jesus. There's this hole in their life, and um, when we realize that that what what it's saying is when we're self-sufficient in Him, it means the only thing we need is Him, Him and us, right? Jesus said, I pray that they see, um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it. Cause in John, when he's praying, but it, the gist of it says that he sees um, that he is one with the Father, the Father is one with us, we are one with Jesus, Jesus with us, all that. Never mind, I just said I'm not going to read it. But when we realize that we're one with Jesus, that if, if we're so close to him that he just, it's uh, where we begin is where he begins, right? Then we can be self-sufficient in him. We don't need anything else. We don't need a relationship to, uh, to fulfill our life. And again, like I said, people want love and people want acceptance. Well, where are they going to find love? Where are they going to fill that hole? They're going to maybe fill it with alcohol. They're going to fill it with relationships. They're going to, they're going to fill it with um, trying to find themselves, right? But when we come in as stewards of God's grace, and we come in saying, hey, you don't need that stuff, right? I'm going to show you love. I'm going to shower you with, with blessing. I'm going to give you grace that Jesus has given me, right? What, is that, what happens? Well, they start to turn towards Jesus. We might be talking, but the Lord's using us as a vessel. Because the whole point is that they look up to him, right? Look up to Jesus. Not necessarily to me. I want him to imitate me if I'm doing a good job imitating Christ. Right? But um, sufficient in everything, being completely self-sufficient, and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. So this grace that we have, we have it in abundance to do every good work. And to do it says act of charity. So we have peace in abundance. We have comfort in abundance. We have this grace in abundance. Amen. And we can distribute it to others. Right? People can see that we have this and we can effectively distribute it to somebody else. But it's something that we always have room to grow in, isn't it? Like I'm never going to... I always feel like... you know, I, I, I feel like I, I, um, I use God's grace. I... You know, sometimes can distribute God's grace well, but I feel like I'm just scratching the surface on the grace of God. I think He's so much better than we than we think He is. I think uh, Bill Vanderbush has said that that um, He's so good that He's even better than you think that He is. Amen. And so when you realize this grace that we have, and we grow in grace, and we grow in the things of the Lord, we realize more and more how good God is. We realize more and more how much he loves other people, not just me. Amen. So if I continue to grow in his grace, then I think, wow, that's so good. Hopefully what I can do is have get a revelation of how much grace I can be giving to other people. 
Like, I'm experiencing this, this unmerited favor. I just want to give it out. I want to give out grace. Amen? So just this week, and I always say this just as uh, far as for the next week, look for opportunities to show grace. Amen? Um, look for opportunities to show grace with your uh, kids, with your friends, coworkers. Um, I know sometimes it's tough. I've been there. I don't always show grace. I know it looks like I do, but um, I don't always show grace. It's something that we continually work at. Amen? I, love, I just love the scripture that even when we're enemies of God, Jesus came. Even when we consider ourselves against him, he came to save us. I mean, that's the kind of favor, that's the kind of grace that he's given us. And we, can, we have that in us. We have that to give to other people. Amen? Amen. Well, Father, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you. We do. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for all that you've done in our life. Um, we have no room to complain. We have no room to uh, say that you didn't give us this or that, but you've given us everything that we need. Everything that you've given us is, is sufficient for us to live. And so, Lord, we thank you that, for that. We thank you that we can be good stewards of your grace, that we can give grace to those um, that... Uh, maybe we don't get along with or don't see eye to eye, eye with for him, um, but that you just continue to show us, continue to show us how much grace that we have. Continue to show us how much you love us and how much you're for us and not against us, Lord. And so I just pray for the rest of the week, everybody here, that you bless them in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for uh, miracles happening in their life, Father. I thank you for uh, just for breakthroughs in their families, breakthroughs in relationships. I thank you for breakthroughs in, um, in healings, uh, breakthrough in finances, Jesus. Hallelujah. I love in the Old Testament, David says, you are the God of the breakthrough. I serve the God of the breakthrough, like breaking through water. Lord, we know it's easy for you to, to give us uh, the things that we need, Lord. So we just give you praise for that and thank you. Um, and I thank you for a safe week for everybody going out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap off tonight. He's so good. Amen. Well, if you like prayer tonight, you can come up and receive prayer. Otherwise, have a great rest of your week. Uh, students, good luck with finals and everything. We're just praying blessing on that for, for the college students and high school students because that's coming to an end here too. And we just pray, uh, bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.